Hey, hey, fabulous listeners. I am so excited for today's episode. I'm going to give you a couple pointers right off the bat. This is one of those episodes that you're probably going to have us in your earbuds. I'm going to tell you to turn it up a little bit because my guest and I t- today, we go back and forth a little bit and we sometimes overstep each other because of our enthusiasm. You are going to get ready to sit down and listen to an episode that has two passionate entrepreneurs, two people who are excited about help- helping others grow. And we love watching others pass us by. We want others to do better than us. We want to help others succeed and serve. My guest today on episode 63 is none other than Lindsay J. Williams. Now, we're going to talk about how to scale as a solopreneur. That's solopreneur word. How can you scale when you're by yourself? Lindsay's going to come with many, many tips on how to do that through apps and programs and services. Now, she's also going to tell you a lot about the same way that I agree that you can put people first, right? Lead your business with a purpose and that passion by putting your clients and people first. We dive into so many amazing things, but I want you to know that Lindsay also hosts an amazing uh, podcast, Build That Biz podcast, but she also owns multiple six-figure businesses. And one of the things that you're going to learn in this episode is that she did it all with less than 2,000 followers on an email list, right? She here, She's here to share, it's not about all those that follow you. It's about getting in front of people and serving from the heart. So I want you to put up those earbuds, like I said, stick those in. If you're driving, you might want to sit down. I want you to grab a cup of coffee or your favorite adult beverage and just sit down and take in this conversation. And I hope that you feel that we are sending you all the encouragement, all the standing ovations, all the applause, because we want to encourage you all the time to be your biggest fan. So that's what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about how to scale as a solopreneur. This is the BFABA Podcast. We'll be right back, y'all. Thanks for listening to the BFABA Podcast. Episodes full of candid conversations that speak to the hard truth that it takes more than hustle and luck to be your own CEO. Being a creative entrepreneur and running a business is not at all like the glam that you see on Instagram or reality TV. The truth is, it's showing up every single day, putting in the blood, sweat, and yes, lots of tears. Oh, do not forget all the hard work. I'm your host, Bobby Brinkman, photographer, coach, speaker, wedding industry educator, diet mountain duetic. You see why, right? I am hitting the pause on that hustle and luck myth button because it's more than getting a really cute website and hanging a now open sign. Not just waving the magic wand so that all the success, money, and clients will just be lined up ready to hire you. Hope is not a business strategy, my friends. And along with my guests, the goal of our podcast is to motivate, educate, and celebrate creative entrepreneurs discussing topics and information that will help you get and keep you in that CEO mindset through our candid conversations. You're going to hear stories from other creatives at different stages along their career journey. They'll be sharing the same struggles you have, as well as business insights, tools, and foundations that they have in place to keep their businesses moving forward, no matter what kind of S-H-I-T tries to knock you off your career path. I want to challenge you to unapologetically keep showing up to attract your ideal clients, serve them in the most fab way, while collecting a purpose-driven paycheck. 
I want to empower you to create a career that you not only love and are proud of, but also one that your clients love and will support even more. Now let's get started. All right, listeners, man, I am so excited today. On the other side of my screen that you can't see, I have a very talented stationary person, stationarist. I think there's four or five different <laughs> words that we can call her. But above all, she is a fabulous human being. We share so much in common, and yet we have never met. And I always like to remind everybody of that, right? But we are definitely kinder spirits. So I'm thrilled today to have you guys listen in to Lindsay J. Williams, my friend. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi there, Bobby. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me on the show. I'm a huge fan of you, huge fan of the show. I'm just so excited to be here. We're going to have so much fun today. We are, and and I do have, as always, listeners, I have some questions prepared for Lindsay that you guys have kind of sent in and asked. Going to still have our hot seats and put her on the spot a little bit, but we're going to we're gonna dive in. Our topic is something that I think is near and dear, and we talked a little bit before we hit the record button. I think that people right now, solo entrepreneurs, are going, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. Can I really grow? Can I scale? Do I charge three times as much and do one less wedding? But we find, Lindsay, that solo entrepreneurs are really servants of the heart. And so they have a hard time saying that big word we all know. No. Right? (laughs) So how can we as solo entrepreneurs? I know it's something near and dear to your heart and that you teach as well. Um, So just remind everybody how you got here, what got you here, And then how as a solo entrepreneur, you grew your business. But let's start there, my friend. Yes. Okay. So we'll we'll kind of back up. We'll start from the beginning and then we'll transition to how I've been able to scale my business as a solo entrepreneur. So I started the stationary business seven years ago in 2014 after being totally miserable in my corporate job. I'm sure a lot of our <laughs> listeners can relate here. Right, so right. Um, I found myself, I was working for basically an advertising agency as a creative director and I liked the work, but the corporate nine to five was just not for me. So I decided that I was going to kind of make a go at setting up a business for myself. So I spent about a year setting up the foundation of my business. So this was my website, my pricing, sourcing my vendors. So I did this for about a year as I was working at my nine to five. And for reference, everyone listening, I am a wedding stationer, as Bobby mentioned. So I do anything paper for the big day, invitations, programs, things like that. Um, So for about a year, I was doing, I was working behind the scenes to set up the foundation of my business. And then I got to a place where I was really ready to put it out into the world. So the first thing I did was I signed up for a bridal show. (laughs) <laughs> Signed up for a bridal show. <laughs> it was my first thing. And I got 12 appointments at this show. I was so excited. I literally quit the next day. Quit the show was wow. Sunday. Quit Monday. I was like ready to go. It, looking back at it, I probably should have waited a little bit just to see if those <laughs> weddings closed. But I had everything set up. I was confident in the foundation that I was have been building. And I just needed to take the leap. So I left that corporate job and I was full, you know, all in on my stationary business. And what I did, Bobby, was the first few years of the business, it was a slow go. It was a lot of figuring out what worked for me, figuring out what worked. Some things totally failed in the business and some, but a few didn't, a few things worked. And what I did was I went all in on the things that worked. And that was like throwing fuel on the fire. 
So by year three, I really had figured out like what marketing tactics worked for me. And I was able to go all in on those. And then I was able to scale my business. So year one, we were 30K in yearly revenue. Year five, so just five years later, we were 300K in yearly revenue. So I'm super proud of that. Still a solopreneur to this day. Um, And that's really how I scaled the business. I tried different things, figured out what worked, went all in on those and said no to everything else. Because as a solopreneur, we're very we're limited on time all of us are but especially one one person teams oh uh, and you're i think so many times Lindsay, we're afraid to say no where mm-hmm. uh, and it's next opportunity i mean yeah. i tell people all the time give yourself permission to say no you know you can only do so much and if you're not firing in all those c- cylinders and if you wouldn't have took the opportunity and took that risk to say you know what this is what's working. Here's my attention and kept saying yes, yes, yes to other things. While we all learned from that failure, you wouldn't be sitting here today teaching and guiding other wedding creatives how to scale their business. Yes, 100%. We cannot split up our efforts because then everything we do gets 10% here, 10% here, 10% here. I like to go all in on one or two things that are working throw that fuel on the fire and go all in. So that's really what one of the things that has helped me scale my business was recognizing what worked, going all into that. And the next thing, I think you had mentioned, you know, solo entrepreneurs, if they're feeling overwhelmed, where do we start? We can kind of dive into that because I I love this question, Bobby, like getting right into it. I love it. Well, and I love it because I think we are now. We talked earlier, 2020 was like, oh, we didn't have any income. In 2021, we're overwhelmed. And you and I both know, regardless if you have $1 in the bank or you have $300,000, if you are not servicing the 2022 fall clients and the 2023 because you're so busy, you're going to run into a financial issue. And we both want our clients and our students and the industry to have profitable profitable businesses with a purpose. So how can we start doing that now? If I'm overwhelmed, Lindsay, tell me that there's something out there that I can do to find a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, yes. And you hit the nail right on the head. So As I've grown this business, it was absolutely not without growing pains. So I would be exactly what you're explaining. I would find myself so overwhelmed, so burnt out. I was serving my clients 100% of the time and leaving no other space to grow the business. So I would come out of these busy wedding seasons like totally exhausted, disheveled, and I would kind of have nothing set up in my marketing to show for it, right? I would be like crawling back from this busy. And I think a lot of us feel like that like double time this year. So I think, so as I scaled my business, I would find myself super overwhelmed, burnt out, exhausted. And I never want anybody to get there again, but I would find myself at that place and I would be forced to pause literally for my health. I would be forced to pause and I would be forced to look at everything and say, okay, what am I doing here, right? What can I simplify? What can I um, automate, right? What can I streamline? How can I make everything more efficient to free up some of my time so that I can have that time back to work on growing the business? And this happened out of pure necessity because I was so overwhelmed. But the first time I did that, it was, I felt so much better, first of all. And I was actually able to put some effort into my marketing and grow my business that it started to, to grow and scale. So I would get in this habit of like every six months taking a look at everything. And we'll go into like specific things that I think we should, you know, dive in and take a look at. But 
every six months I would pause, take a look at what I was doing and I would tweak, I would tweak my systems, tweak my processes, and then I would grow again. So I would, I would be burnt out, stop, tweak, get more efficient. Then I'd be able to climb up that mountain a little bit more, right? Then when I got burnt out or I felt like I got capped out of what I was doing, I would stop, automate, tweak. Then I was able to climb a little higher, right? So that's how I've been able to really scale as a one person show. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head there too. We, we're going to use that phrase a lot, I think, because we both, I think we believe it. It's to the point. It's yeah. just because you want to scale doesn't mean you're going out and buying one team member, hiring two team members or hiring three team members. There are things that you can do. And yes, you know, and a few questions, I would love to get to a couple of the processes. But I, mm-hmm. but when you sat down and started, you also said the other key thing. When something got overwhelmed again, you stopped. I loved the force to pause. So I hope yeah. all you listeners, you wrote that down. I'm sure I'm going to use it a quote somewhere to promote this podcast. But you do that as well on your on your Build That Biz podcast that you host. You're helping other wedding creatives to force to pause. So one of the questions that that came in, and it came in a couple of different ways, was how do I know that I can scale? Do I have to know who my client is? Now that's a wide open question, Lindsay. What is your take on that? So I think knowing who your client is, knowing your ideal kind of customer avatar is so important in any stage of your business, I right. think is an, it's important, but especially if you want to scale your business, right? Because the more you can get into the minds of your customers, the more you can understand exactly what they want and need, the easier it is to serve them, right? Easier it is to market to them. Your communication gets so much easier to write. So it lands so much better with everybody. It's more in focus. So there's so many benefits of this, so many benefits. And I kind of figured this out. So it's, it's an ongoing process to figure out your client avatar, right? What they want and what they need. And an exercise that I did a few years ago, and it changed my business forever is I took a look at five couples that I really enjoyed working with that were like, so easy to work with, um, you know, just, just very easy to work with on all levels. And I emailed them and I literally said, I want to attract more people like you. You're awesome to work with. Your style is great. You were wonderful. Do you mind filling out this quick survey? I emailed them and I did this to five couples and all of them were like, absolutely happy to help. They filled, and it was short. It was like five, 10 questions. And I filled it out and I would say, you know, where did you find me? What was the most important part about you know, your vendors, do you value time? Do you value, um, equality? And of course we value it all, but like, what's most important for you? Do you value convenience? And I would just email these people questions, super casual. I did a Google doc form and I used those answers to tailor everything to these five couples. And what happened was incredible. I, every Every year I would get more and more couples that were exactly like them because I was basically speaking to them. Well, and here's the funny part. How many times after you delivered stationery to somebody, did you send out that email? Oh, by the way, please review us on those other things that we not, those places we won't mention today because they're not paying us any money. But <laughs> where, where you know, we do that. So yeah. we automatically say, please review us. I like to call them testimonials because, you know, mm-hmm. review to me is I go to Yelp. And I talk about the local Chinese restaurant that was a, a three, two star, right? Give me yeah. a testimonial. So why not ask your clients about you? Not, yeah. did you like my stationery? Did you like your invitations? Did you like that photo? No. What was it about working with me? 
And mm -hmm. I think that gets lost on so many of wedding professionals and Lindsay's because they're afraid of the answer. But if you're yeah. confident and you have working with the right clients, those answers are going to come back positive feedbacks. They're going to give you the three words that you can use to describe. And that information that you took from them, oh my gosh, it's also marketing materials. It's things to put on your website. It's, it's, you have to tell the story. You and I both know if you confuse your clients, you lose your clients. They have to know who you are, what you do and who you serve. And doing that questionnaire is an amazing way to take that. So right there, folks, that's a big gem. Ask your couples to review what it was like working with you. Get that testimonial on what it was that they loved about you and asking how they found you. Oh my gosh, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, yes, because once you know all of these things, Bobby, I feel like I could talk to you for three hours. How much, right. time, how much time do you have today? We go on and on, I love it. So all of these questions, like you said, you figure out where they found you. Like bridal shows for me are a huge lead generator. And all five of these couples found me at a show. So I was like, okay, the, the couples I want to serve, they're all finding me at the same place. So I'm going to go all in on that because that's where the couples are going that I want that are like them. Right. right. So you want to show up where they, they are. You want to exactly. show up where they are. I mean, you know, you're, I'm, I'm considerably older than you, but you know, you know how to use Instagram and you go shopping on Instagram. And yet when we want to go eat somewhere, we use Yelp. We, so we have all these different avenues. So when you want to show up where your clients are, why would you not want to keep working with them? That also will lead you to scaling. Because if you're at these wedding shows, Lindsay, and somebody hires you for the invitation, you also now can scale your business by maybe doing birth announcements. Maybe one of the friends is doing something. So by showing up, you also can scale your business. And again, we're not talking about hiring two, three, four people. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. And there's nothing wrong too with hiring a team when you're ready, you're but right. I see so many times, um, coaches or mentors like that's sometimes the first thing they get to, like, you have to hire, you have to hire, you have to get help. And I am all about getting help. I outsource a lot of stuff. I, I get help, but as far as hiring a team, it does not have to be the first thing out of the gate. There's so many things you can do in your business to automate, to simplify, to scale, to get back that time so that you can scale your business. You absolutely can scale your business as a solopreneur. I'm by myself here in my little back bedroom yeah. by myself. I scaled the business multi six figures. It's totally possible. Well, I don't understand. And I'll be really honest. Everybody knows I love these candid conversations. I don't know how you can hire somebody else if you don't know the direction that you're going. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know how you can hire somebody. Now, granted, you can hire a VA that might help with your outsourcing, but you're not hiring that person. They can't be you, right? And, and you're just starting out and you want to get your foot going. And that brings us up to that. The next question, uh, this came from, this happened to come from a florist. And it says, do you, does Lindsay think that you have to understand what you are offering? Like, do you have to know early on what you want to offer to scale and don't you think that changes? I'm going to add that part in, Lindsay. So, so yeah. the florist wants to know, do I need to know that I'm always doing these bouquets? But then I want to ask you to add on to that by saying, but there's more than just bouquets. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an interesting question. So I absolutely think you need to understand what you're offering in terms of your products. And this could evolve for sure. And we'll dive into product specific. But I also think you it's so important not only just your products, because I think like if you're a florist, right, or you're a stationer or you're a photographer, all of our products are 
beautiful, right? They're all up to par. We're in the wedding industry. I think you touched on this, Bobby. The, the main differentiator in your business is you. So instead of focusing on your products, what you're offering, I want you to focus on the value that you bring to the table. So what you offer in terms of value, right? So I call this your three things. It's kind of this marketing exercise that I do with my students. And basically it's all about communicating the value you bring to the table because what this does is once you are crystal clear on the benefits and the value that you bring to people, they're going to use these things to compare you and not your price, right? Or not necessarily even your product, right? Your invitations. Because I can go on Instagram or even locally, there's five invitation companies locally that are all beautiful. Like their work is gorgeous. My work is not any better than theirs, but I bring different value to the table. So it's so important that you know what value you bring. So when I do this exercise, basically what we do is we write down a list of every reason why we're better than our customers' alternatives. And I don't want anybody to be shy, like why (laughs) you're better, why you're better. And these alternatives are not necessarily the obvious, like other local photographers, right? This could be, you know, Aunt Betty doing the centerpieces or your cousin Vinny DJing, or, you know, you have a friend who's a photography student and she offered to take your pictures, right? So think a little broader as like all of your customers' alternatives, your local competition, and maybe like DIY, or for me, it's like online invitation sites. So really broaden your idea of your customers' alternatives, make a list of why you're better, and then circle the top three things. So for me, like when I compare myself to Minted, you know, an invitation site or DIY, The reasons I'm better is custom design, one-on-one service, and unlimited revisions. Those are my three things. And now that you know that about me, if you go on my website or anywhere, I go hard on these benefits. I'm constantly talking about custom design, unlimited revisions, one-on-one service over and over and over again. You want to go hard on the value that you bring. If you understand that, everything stems from here. It's so important to do this exercise. Exactly. And I here's so I'm gonna put you on the hot seat, right? We're gonna we're gonna get you a hot seat question. But what, I love it. Ready? What distracts you? Two things that distract you every single day. Two things. Two things that distract me. Okay, to be totally honest, I work from home. The yep. kitchen distracts me. I'm always wanting to get a snack, Bobby. I'm like, oh, I'll get a snack here or there. So the kitchen is number one. Um, and then I think I've gotten better, but I think email, I really think I'm still struggling with that. I see an, an email pop up and I'm like, oh, got I just got to look at it. I don't necessarily answer, but I, it's always kind of a tab open. I got to get better at that. God, I love that. So again, for somebody, I think you can hear the enthusiasm that we both have for just being passionate mentors and and for being in this industry. So for us to be distracted, that little shiny thing, the kitchen, whether it's an email, totally makes sense. So let's move on a little bit and talk about connecting with our clients. And mm, how yes. does connecting, we, we share a little bit about knowing our avatar and we yeah. share a little bit about understanding our value and our, our products. So how, how about that? How important is it to connect with our clients so that we can spend less time closing the lead, my friend? Yeah. So connecting with your clients is 
everything in your business, everything. I cannot stress this enough that creating connections is absolutely the single most powerful way to attract lead, to attract and warm up those leads and book more weddings. Creating connections is everything. And here's why I think people connect with people, not your products, right? So if we're comparing our products, I feel like that's such an uphill battle. It's such an uphill battle. I'm not saying all of our work, you know, isn't beautiful and isn't unique, but when you're a couple and you're looking to book a photographer or a stationer or a florist, it's kind of hard to tell the difference sometimes. I hate to say that, but like all of our work is beautiful. The difference is you. So if people connect with you, if they trust you, if they feel like they already know you and they see the value you bring to the table, that lead is closed, right? You're golden. You're golden because they're going to use these two things to compare you getting to know you, knowing what you bring to the table. And then price is not the deciding factor. Exactly. It's those two things. Exactly. And we all have these beautiful websites now, right? We have station oh, yes. life years for our flat lays. Every, every website, I'm telling you right now, there are wedding planners' websites, there are cater websites that look like photographers' websites because mm-hmm. they're so full of photos. So what I want you listeners to hear, and Lindsay also gave your mission, is you have to tell them. You're, yeah. you're showing them in this beautiful imagery, but tell them what it's like to work with me and be honest. Hey, I'm Lindsay. I help. I'm a mom. I do this. These are the things. These are the pain points I will solve for you. And you tell them above that scroll, I'll date myself, right? Get that above the fold. At the very mm-hmm. top of your website, you've got to let people know who you are, what you do, and who you serve. And then Lindsay, I will take it one step further. Let them know your purpose and let them know what you're doing. Because when they read those words, they now have an insight to you. That's what connecting is about. And you have found that by sharing a little bit of yourself, I mean, your website doesn't have a whole bunch of photos of your kids or anything like that, right? It shows you, but it adds in. It shares, I'm a podcast host, my podcast host, and I also want to help wedding creatives grow. And you have resource that. That's what your site says. I can read it. If I'm reading the text, I'm not so much looking at the photos and you hit that's key. They've got to get to know you. So the importance of doing that will allow you to scale. And then again, how many times if you connect with somebody, let's go a step further about knowing when to hire somebody. What if the next hire was one of your clients because you connected so well and they can solve a problem for you? Yes. Yes, exactly. You hit it right on the head, Bobby. Exactly. Well, because, I mean, it's like we sometimes forget we have this arsenal. I mean, you know, in the wedding industry, it's kind of like real estate. After they buy the house, they don't need you anymore. So they buy another house. They don't come back to you till they're ready to have another wedding. But if you offer something else and you offer florals year round for funerals and and birth announcements, other things that you can be doing, you can grow that. If you didn't make that connection at the first time, how are you going to grow your business? Because, yeah. right, these are our built-in referrals. These are our built-in people that are going to sing our praises. Let them do the work for you. Yes. Ask them the questions and let them do the work for you. I love that. hundred percent. We were talking before we hit record. I wish we would have hit record in the very <laughs> beginning because our like be, the best conversations are before we even start. Exactly. But uh, guys, we were talking about this whole idea of people over profit. Bobby and I are covering the same class. We both believe this and you are so right. Creating that connection, taking care of people, serving people. That is your best advertising. That is your best source of referrals, taking care of people, people over profit. Right. Exactly. And let, and then they will do the work for you because we all have to make a profit. And if you price yourself accordingly, and Lindsay said this, y'all heard it. I say it as well. If somebody's questioning you, the price, 
It's because they don't see the value in what you offer. Let them fall in love with you. People invest in people, you know. So let's talk a little bit about some of this outsourcing. I want you to give us three of your favorite, three, three texts that you can't live without, three technical or apps that you cannot run your business or even your life for that matter, unless you say it's going to be the KitchenAid or something like that, right? <laughs> you need that, right? That's the distraction. What are three apps, three apps that you cannot live without and why? Yes. Oh, I love this question. So that's a whole nother, and I'll, I'll definitely get to the apps, but a whole nother way that I've been able to scale is instead of hiring a team, I let these tools be my team, right? So I don't have a team of people on the payroll, but I have a team of these apps and these tools and these resources that have helped me scale my business. So number one, so this is no specific order, but this would actually be probably number one is HoneyBook. I use HoneyBook for, and you can use Dubsado, you can use things like that, but I use HoneyBook for all of my proposals, my email templates, my client management. I use this for tracking my leads. So when a lead comes in, I mark like, you know, they came through me on my website. They found me at a bridal show. This research, or this insight is invaluable. So HoneyBook is number one. I want to stop um, right there. I'm going to stop right there. I want to hear from you. Yeah, I have this HoneyBook. We just got done talking about building relationship. Do you think that when we use CRMs like this, we lose our personality? Are, are you able to really customize this? I'm not going to do a whole thing on HoneyBook, but you yeah. and I both believe in that connection. So have you yeah. found it saves you time, but are your clients going, oh, these are just forms of how do I get to know you? How do you get around that, Lindsay? Yeah. So that's a really good question, Bobby. So I don't, I use HoneyBook to organize my clients, right. And keep myself on track. I, before HoneyBook, I was literally doing a paper, like paper forms in a binder. I would would set up an appointment and I'd I'd pull out this printed paper, not to mention it's horrible for the environment, but I, I got everything digitalized. So that's what I use HoneyBook for. But I, so when I see templates and automation, basically what that means is things that I'm, if I write an email more than five times, that's when I know it's got to go into a template. And it's not necessarily a template. Like it's basically, for example, when I send the first round of design over after my, you know, after I've, I've designed their invitation suite, that's an, a templated email in HoneyBook. And I basically go, I copy and paste the email, put it, you know, get it ready to send to my clients. And I go in and I customize certain areas. So it's not all, it's not every email. It's any email I send like more than five times. And my email change with my couples are like 50 to hundred emails long. So we are definitely going back and forth, sharing ideas. So it's not necessarily replacing all my communication, but anything that I'm typing, you know, if, if I see a trend of like, you know, my first round of design emails, my testimonial request emails, anything that's that's done more than a few times, it goes into a template. So definitely, I was, definitely always, I, was just, I was just curious because I either hear a lot of people, wedding pros, who don't believe like you and I in the authentic conversation and just getting to know somebody. And yes, I know that can take some time, but if you've done your website right and you have a little bit of social media. They already know to come to you. I tell the story quite often. Ellen Berg actually tells the story once in a while where, where I, I'm in Diet Mountain Dew addict, right? So people will literally send me a photo saying, hey, I'm drinking a Diet, ba- not Diet Mountain Dew right now. I'm curious if you're available for a wedding. Well, then I will do a Diet Mountain Dew photo back and says, this Diet Mountain Dew would like to know what they, you're asking for, right? Yeah, so yes. it's, it's that. And so I'm always curious because I knew I have a lot. I you know see a lot of my students go, 
they lose that personality when it gets to the CRM. They want, they, yeah. and they forget they still need to have a conversation with the people. So I was just curious, you know, again, I put you on the hot seat a little bit, but I- No, that's such a good, such a good question. And what I, I should mention too, that HoneyBook, so- I don't, HoneyBook houses my email templates, but I don't really necessarily email from HoneyBook. Like they're on, so I meet with them in person or via Zoom. And, you know, nowadays I meet with them and then I send them my proposal via HoneyBook. So that's really the the only time, like once the proposal is signed, basically I tell them like, I use this software to, to you know, organize everybody's dates and get your proposal out. I move them off of HoneyBook and I go to my business email. I don't necessarily know if that's more personal, but HoneyBook is only, it houses the templates, but I'm always like copying and pasting the templates into a more personal email, if that makes sense. So nothing really goes out without me touching it first, but that's a great question. Such a good question. All right. Number two. Yes. Oh, number two. Oh, <laughs> I'm having so much fun here. Okay. Number two is Calendly. Calendly. So I use Calendly to schedule my appointments. Another thing. So when we're talking about scaling our businesses, I want you to go through or listeners to go through everything you're doing for your business, whether it be your schedule, your quoting, your proposals, how can you streamline this? So I talked about like, I would have paper forms, right? And it was a mess. And as I grew my business, it was unorganized. So I got it in HoneyBook. I got it simplified. Same thing with my appointments. If someone would email me or send me a Facebook message for appointments, I would be emailing them back and be like, okay, I have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday available. These are the times. Let me know what works for you. And as I would get more and more inquiries, I would have these emails out to, you know, three different couples and two of them would respond and be like, Monday at five works great. And then I have two at one day at five. So long story short, it was getting very complicated. So I got everything into Calendly. So it's basically an app that you set up on your site and it's just super easy. People can go in and schedule an appointment there. This has not only saved me a ton of time kept my sanity, but it also, the close rate for my inquiries went through the roof because I always tell my students, get the appointment, get the appointment. That should be your number one goal. When an inquiry comes in, get the appointment. Don't send them to a long questionnaire form. It's going to take a bunch of time. You're going to lose them. Just get the appointment. Then you can talk to them at the appointment face-to-face, right? So that's my second tool, Calendly. Love it. Well, and I think on that too, what I think is, is if, if they come back to you and they say just out of bed, how much are you? If you just suddenly write back, oh my gosh, I would love to talk to you. I would love to share how much I am. Can I send you a text? And I always believe I do send a text back real quick and say, hey, I know you sent me an email or whatever. I just want to take the time to thank you personally. Oh my God, that yeah. no many people go, okay, great. Now we're having a text conversation and they hadn't even scheduled their calendar yet, right? But yeah. I in, I'm in it now. Like, okay, now let's move this to an appointment. If you can't close from there, and again, that goes to just being authentic. And I know we could do a whole episode about having boundaries and guidelines, but I still believe that if you take the time and the right clients are finding you to take five minutes to send that little text when they first write you, or just say, hey, I want to say thank you for for emailing me. I'm doing this or this, but I just want to say I love that venue. They, you have now shown them that you're interested in them and that you're not number 39938 under inquiry form. You know, and I think that goes a lot. I think that goes really far. So I love that getting in front of them. All right. Number three. Exactly. I just want to say, Bobby, that that 
point right there was so true. Just taking a few minutes to get to know them. And you even did that with me. So I've been a huge fan of the show for a while now. So when I emailed the, you know, my pitch to be on the show, you had sent me a message back on Instagram and it was like a fangirl moment. I'm like, oh, Bobby's messaging me. I'm telling you, like, it makes you feel so special getting that personal message. It's just that extra step that you take. So you did this with me. You did this. And I feel like you can, you know, feel the conversation here, right? Like Bobby and I feel like old friends, right? And we've never met each other in person, but just that, just having a little conversation before we start, you know, the relationship, whether it be for a wedding or on a podcast or something like that, it makes a huge difference. Well, and again, then instead of, it doesn't always become, you are sitting here going, I'm going to, I'm asking you for all this money. And the, and then the client's mm-hmm. not always going, how much, how much, how much you now yeah. find that common ground. And I think it's goes back to when you said earlier, building the relationship. If this person doesn't hire me right now, I guarantee you, they're going to tell somebody how I treated them. They're going to yeah. tell somebody that Lindsay took five seconds to ask that question. And as a mentoring moment from two people that mentor, let me tell you what it's like when we say that mentoring is more for us because we get so much out of it. But think a couple of things that I do, and I try to do it two times a week. I do a three, two, one, and I take three minutes and I just sit for three minutes and I look in the mirror and I say, these are the things I'm going to get done today. I'm thankful. I show my gratitude for three minutes. And then in the middle of the day, I'll take two minutes and I'll pop. I'll just focus in on two minutes, sending just emails with some gifts. And then I'll take one minute. And I will do a voice into a DM random. Hey, I just wanted to remind you how fabulous you are today. Let me tell you, the people that get a while out of that or feel special about that, that is with intention. That is how you build relationships. And you do that with past clients. Don't just do this with wedding pros or your students. Just do your role decks. And that goes a very long way for people to grow. And build. And you want to scale your business. You want to do the things that Lindsay has just told you. You love the fact that she has multiple six-figure businesses. These are the ways she's teaching you. And we're going to make sure you're connected with her later on. But listen to that. All right. Number three. Yeah. So true. So true. Okay. Number three is Planoly. So this is a simple tool. This is what I use to batch all of my social media. So you can use Planoly. You can use Later. But absolutely need to get good at batching your work as any business owner, I would recommend this, but especially as a solopreneur, especially as a solopreneur, you want to maximize your time. So I'm, I batch my social or batch basically everything I do in my business. I'm batching. So I use Planoly for that. That's my tool for social media. I batch my Instagram and my Facebook all here on Planoly. So that's my third one. So I'm going to ask you a question about that. And we're going to do two windows here for your stationary. You are constantly showing your work and you're doing things about the invitations and what you know how to do. So your call to action is to come do this. You as Lindsay can say that. Now take Lindsay, the coach and the mentor. Lindsay says, I want to help you do this. I want to help you move here. So you can do that through your social media. Do you feel that having a social media manager outsourcing, hiring that person that they really do have your voice when you're a solopreneur. I mean, it's one thing when you're a big team, but do you feel that outsourcing that area for uh, for a solopreneur is beneficial? I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I would. I mean, personally, my opinion, I think you and your voice is everything for your business. I really do. Because remember, people connect with you. Maybe if you've gone through all of these exercises, if you figure out your value, if you, you know, work on connect showing up in your feed and work on connecting with your couples, 
maybe if you have a really, really solid plan in place that you can teach them when to do that. But this is an area where I would do it yourself and I would batch it. I would batch it. So for me, it only takes me a few days, right? I do like half a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I sit down, I knock it out and I can schedule two months worth of stuff, Bobby. So it doesn't have to be daunting every single day, but I think this is something, and people will argue with me on this for sure, but me too. Yeah. Yeah. My opinion is you got to show up in your business. That's how I feel. I mean, I can pay somebody a lot of money to do write it, but you still need my photos. You still want my concept because I don't know that even if I get to know you, that you could truly have my voice. And, and when we talk about getting the time back, you also talk about the connections. If you have batched this, now you have time to go through your feed and actually be the one responding. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the biggest turnoff for me is when I get a DM back from a wedding pro and it says, I'll make sure XYZ gets this because mm, they're not doing yeah. social media. So how are you going to relay that message to them? Because you don't know, you did not know the intent of which I have delivered it. Yeah. No, yeah. Spot on. Spot on. I agree. I agree with that. I think that is one of a few things in your business that you should not outsource, that that should be on you. Now, as things like things that I do outsource to help free up some of my time is like my production, right? Like my printing, that is something that if for, I was doing that in house, but now starting this invitation or this education side of my business, I needed to free up some time. So that's where I chose to outsource my printing. So I do all of the design. I do all of the communication with my clients. I show, you know, I'm there on social media, but the final product I have, of course, like a quality control check, but I'm not standing at the printer printing that there are things yeah. in your business as you can absolutely get help with, but I think the voice of your business has to be you. Well, and that goes to that goes to one of the other big questions I think that we always get asked as educators and as mentors. It's how do I know what I should have my hands on and what should I not, right? And you and I both agree. I need to be in front of the client. I need to be in front of people. I need mm-hmm. to be there connecting and talking and, and hearing and listening. I can't do that if I'm filing things away or I'm answering a bunch of different emails. So touch on that, touch on what should we not outsource and keep close to us that can help us scale? Yeah. So the only two things that I focus on in my business is number one, serving my clients and number two, growing my business. So those are the only two things I I focus on. Everything else is either automated or outsourced or I get help with. So serving my clients, like I'm the one doing the design. I'm the one doing the edits. I'm the one talking to them. Same thing with like a photographer or a florist. If I hire you to photograph my wedding, like, please be there. Don't send somebody else. Right. So serving your clients, I think you got to be be there. And I think growing your business, you are the vision of your business. No one's going to take care of it like you do. So I think growing your business, I think it's got to be on you too. Exactly. So can you share with us a little bit on both sides? Again, the wedding business side, and then Lindsay, the mentor, what are, what are some non-negotiables for you and how do you yeah. share those with your mentoring clients? Yeah. So some of my non-negotiables in my, my life and my business is so personally, we have a 15 month old little guy, Jameson and my non-negotiable, and this has not always been a non-negotiable for me. It's since he was born. My non-negotiable is after like six 37 o'clock, I'm with him putting him to sleep. So I don't really do evening appointments anymore. My last appointment with my couples is 
five, five thirty ish. But after that, I'm home with him. So that's a non-negotiable for me. Um, and non-negotiables can be different for everybody. Another non-negotiable for me is we're so we're up here in Niagara Falls, New York. So this time of year, I can't do it because it's freezing outside. But another non-negotiable for me is when it's nice out, Jameson and I are going for a walk. So we take an hour, an hour and a half, and we go for a walk. So those are two non-negotiables in my life. My clients know them, right? I talk about them all the time. I'm open on my social media. I talk about more than just what I sell. So like I'll post pictures of us walking. I'll post pictures of, um, or I'll talk about the fact that like I don't take appointments after 630 and people respect it. People absolutely do. And it changes with different seasons of life. Like before I had Jameson, I would schedule appointments. I, I, I streamlined this again. I would only do appointments two nights a week, but like I would go into the evening with appointments because people work during the day. So it changes based on the season of, of life you're in. But those are my two non-negotiables that I have right now. And I, and I think I want everybody to hear, this is a person who literally has to be with somebody like literally the client has to look at stationary. They've got to feel it most of the time. You know, I'm sure it's been really struggled with where I need to feel that, or I can't see that. Is that raised press? What's that look like? Right. So here's somebody that is not afraid to say no afterwards. Okay. And yeah. she heard her. When your clients get to know this, you're going to get emails back to say, hey, Bobby, or they send it to Tina, my studio manager, and they say, hey, I know you guys are, I know Bobby's off today on Wednesday. When she comes back on Thursday, can you please ask her? When you get emails like that, yeah. you are doing your job educating. And you know what? You and I both know, we know that these clients work nine to five, but we also work on the weekends. It's, it's one of those odd industries, right? It's like, I know you're working nine yeah. to five. But you're off on the weekend, but you can't come see me. But putting those in place, that that's brave. And I think I think you and I would both agree, you have to be brave to be a solopreneur. You yeah. have to be brave enough to stand for your core values. You have to be able to say, this is my last appointment. And you know what? If they do not hire you for that, that's not your avatar, right, Lindsay? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And that's how you scale your business. You have to get crystal clear on how you're running your business. And I tell, so for example, my couples, when they, once we start working together, I ask them to email me on one email chain because a lot, especially with stationary, there's so many details changing, right? It's like yeah. meal choices change. And with this pandemic, it's been insane with like, you know, dates changing and guest lists changing and all this. So sometimes they'll shoot me a DM on Facebook and on Instagram. And I will nicely say like, Thanks so much for letting me know that we're changing the chicken. Can you please um, shoot me an email and in our email chain and let me know? Because in order to serve everybody well, I, I have to keep things like this is how, you know, I have to do it. I, I word it in a different way than that. But I just say in order to keep everyone organized, I need to keep all of the details on one email chain. And there are people DM me with questions and stuff all the time. But as far as details like that, don't be afraid to set some boundaries and rules and expectations because that's how you run your business streamlined. That's how you scale. That's how you're able to, to smoothly run your business without losing your mind. So hundred percent. You won't be burnt out because you have, you have to be able your child for those. I don't have any kids. Right. But I always say to everybody, for those that have kids, they want to see that you understand the value of hard work. They want to see that, you know, that you gave your word on this Saturday that you need to go show up over there. But as your kids get older, are you really going to want to go over to this wedding and miss that first goal or that first home run or that first dance recital? If you scale your business now before you start growing your family and you put these boundaries in place, 
all the time, somebody will DM you. And it's because they're probably sitting there going, oh my God, I got to call Lindsay right away and let her know about the chicken. They value your input and they know that you, they respect you enough to know that they need to let you know to do your job. But being able to say, hey guys, I need to keep, just a reminder, gentle nudge. Yes. That, is, that is a brilliant. And I mean, I, and I, I wanted people to hear that. So then how, when you mentor, are you teaching that to your mentors? At what point when you mentor, do you talk about boundaries and non-negotiables when you start your mentoring practice? Yeah. So I, t- this is something that I am from the very beginning, we talk about boundaries and expectations and mentoring as far as them implementing in their business to their clients. I talk about this all the time. I think this is just as important as growing your business, just as important as the marketing. Everyone focuses on marketing, getting more leads, getting more leads. But the way that you scale your business is the clients that you have, you make sure that process runs smoothly. That is what's going to free up your time to be able to scale your business. So I talk about this all the time. And then as far as setting expectations and boundaries, like for me to my students, right? Um, I, to be honest, Bobby, I've been a little bit more relaxed with this because number one, I have so much fun coaching, right? right? Like someone will email message me a question and I'm like, oh, let's talk about this. And I'll, I'll, I'll totally like dive into yep. coaching just off the cuff um, in a DM. And another reason is because I just started this coaching business about a year ago. I just started when the pandemic hit my stationary business was running like a well-oiled machine and it grew so big that I really didn't have the time to step away and to establish this coaching business until 2020, like that forced pause. Right. So that's when I started the education business. So I've only been doing the coaching and the education about a year. And I believe that right Right now, all the coach education, but is smaller. If I have the time to serve, like I will do a one, I'll have a one hour coaching call and we'll go two hours because I have the time to serve. I have right. the time to serve. I'd rather pour that into my clients than cut them off at, and I'm always respectful of the time at 60 minutes. I check in and I'm like, all right, do you want to keep going? Do you have the time or should we, you know, jump off? So I don't go like, you know, but um, right now the boundaries and expectations in place, I'm a little bit flexible with it. And I'm okay with that because I want to pour in while I have this time, while the business is smaller, I want to pour into my students. Well, it's also your learning. So that's that's the next hot seat question. What makes every, what makes somebody a good coach? Because let's face it, 2020, we now have everybody literally. So what makes someone a good coach? And when do you think Wedding creatives, aside from scaling, when do you think they need to get a coach and do they need a coach to help them scale? Yeah, such a good question, Bobby. Such a good question. So I'll start with the first one. What makes a good coach? So when I started coaching, I would go into these Facebook groups with other wedding pros and I would just kind of listen to see what people needed help with. And I would listen to the answers that people would give. And a lot of it was so different from how I built my stationary business. So different. Like I put people, just an example, like I put people over profit a hundred percent of the time. So like for a wedding stationer, right. Somebody would ask a question like, you know, the bride misspelled the street name on this invitation. Do I, you know, she's asking me to reprint. What do I do? And everyone else would jump in and they'd be like, stick to your contract, stick to the guns. Don't reprint. It was in that they had to prove it. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I would not do that. Like I would reprint. I would reprint because the experience you're going to give that couple 
is worth its weight in gold, the story they're going to tell. So that's just an example of like, I would, I would go into these groups and I would see the advice given, not that necessarily it's wrong or right, but it was just so different from what I would do. And I would second guess myself, Bobby. I would be like, huh? Like, am I teaching the wrong thing? Or like, did I do this? I built this business wrong. Like I would be second guessing myself. And I think a sign of a good coach is they're willing to like contradict what everyone else is doing. And they're willing to kind of stand by what they teach. So like, I will always teach if someone asks me a question, like, what would you do in this situation? I step back and I, I don't really consider myself like an, an expert coach yet. I've only been doing this for a year, but I'm totally like authentic and honest on what grew my business. So I'll step back and I'll say, okay, uh, this is, I've had this situation before. This is what I did. It worked. Or I'll say, I've been in this situation before. I tried that. Totally didn't work. Don't go that down that route. So like, I just, I think a sign of a good coach is to, is to someone who's confident in what they teach, whether it be the norm or not. Well, and you and I both use the term, I'm your, I'm your cheerleader, right? Because, and I get a lot of slack from that. So, you know, be prepared if that hasn't happened to you already. I've been told, well, Bobby, you can't just be a cheerleader. Well, I believe you can. I can cheer you and say, hey, if you do that, you're in the stumble, but I will be here to pick you up. I will be here to help you when you stumble. But if you want to go down that path, you've asked me, you've invested in me. I'm going to give you these consequences that could happen, but I will always be cheering you on. I'm not, I'm not going to change my perspective. If you stumble, I'm not going to change my perspective. I encourage you to pass me up, be better than me, build a bigger business, go out and do this. Right. And being cheerleaders, I think we get the bad tag of, you're not teaching anybody anything. And you, and you touched on, you're not, you know, the be all end all coach. Well, you know what? People keep coming to us and they're learning that makes us valuable. And that makes us an expert because we have what somebody needs. We don't have what everybody needs, but isn't that also in our business? We don't always, not every client is the right client, you know, but we have to put ourselves out there and I want everybody to succeed. And I know you do as well. And I think there's room for us. But I, I, I'm like you, I hear this. And I think, did you not know that if you don't pre-print these envelopes, they're going to go, oh my God, the stationary person was such a jerk. I mean, do you yeah. not realize yeah. that? I mean, why would you not want to be the hero in your own yes. Spot on, 100%. Yes, yes, yes. And for back to the cheerleader point, like I think and I've gotten a little bit of flack with that. Not so much yet, but I definitely could see that it's coming. I yeah. think- when you say like, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader and people are like, oh, I don't need a cheerleader. I need a coach. And we're both, first of all, we're both. And second of all, I absolutely think you need a cheerleader. I don't, I can't tell you how many times, Bobby, I work from home in my house by myself, right? My husband goes to work. So it's me at home working all day. And I can't tell you how many times I've launched a new product, right? Or I hit a big goal. Nobody cheers you on. Nobody cheers you on. Like you are cheering for yourself in just that little encouragement. You have to be your own fan. You have to be this. If you don't believe in yourself, why is anybody else going to be? Yeah. You know, I always ask the question sometimes, you know, who's, who influences you? And I let people go and I'm like, okay, you gave me 10 names and your name is not on any of them. Or who do you admire? And you don't list yourself? Gosh, dang it. Every one of us have made it through 2020. Pat yourself on the back. We're still standing. Mm, You know, you made it. Your business may hook a a bruise and a beat. And are we more worn? But you're still standing. Yeah. Every time you go to a business and and you want to take those first steps, you have the faith to take those first steps. Why would you not stop and say, 
my gosh, look where I am right now. I'm going to take some time. I'm going to give myself some grace. I'm going to appreciate where I'm standing right now. I'm going to be proud of this. Why are we always chasing the next biggest great thing? Because what if we don't like it there, Lindsay? Mm -hmm. What if we don't like it there? Embrace right now and be our cheerleader. Be your own cheerleader so that you can cheer other on. So I agree 100%. We all need cheerleaders, 100%. 100%. And even what you just said, Bobby, like it gave me goosebumps. I want like everyone to just rewind and like soak that up because people aren't telling other business owners that it's lonely. It really is lonely. And we like are our own cheerleaders and we can be our own cheerleaders, but having somebody that has your back that truly wants you to succeed is so special. And I think it's underrated. So like everybody that just is a listener of you and has you it's so valuable just to hear those words it's just so encouraging i love it but i I think we're both motivators so let's wrap up with one of the big pushes let's talk about growing our leads let's talk about growing our business as entrepreneurs and solo entrepreneurs we're not talking coaching here everybody i want you all to listen you sell flowers you sell chairs you sell anything. How can you grow your list? Are you a believer that you need to grow a big email list? Are you a believer that you have to do Facebook ads? How do you think authentically we should grow a list so that we can have clients that we can continue to scale our business with? Yeah. All right, Bobby. So I'm going to actually put a big wrench in this. I'm going to just throw it out of head. I want everybody to hear me out here because this is another thing that I get a little pushback in, but I'm going to, I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't think either. I don't think you need to focus on your email list. And I don't think you need to constantly be getting new leads or getting, gaining your followers. And here's why for the email list part, I absolutely understand the power of an email list for my wedding education business. I really focus on growing my list so I can serve more people, but the very few industries where I think growing an email list can be done a different way is the wedding industry. And the reason for this is the lifespan of our clients in the wedding industry is so much shorter because there's that wedding date, right? So like our lifespan to market to them is shorter. So I don't want you to spend all of your efforts growing this list that's constantly going to turn over. I would rather, yes, I would rather see you. So I sign up, I talk about these bridal shows all the time. I sign up for, I get, I, we average 25K in revenue per show. And we'll talk about like how I use those to generate leads, um, and the whole process there. But when I sign up for a bridal show, I get 800 emails from this bridal show and I'm booking appointments at the show as well. So I don't spend a lot of time. I don't spend actually any time growing my email list for my wedding business because the turnover, the lifespan of that client is so short. I'd rather see you go to a show, get that leads list. Then you have that list. So that's my point. Or that's my take on email list for wedding pros. So yes. And then growing your followers, Okay. I, I'm going to just give it to everybody straight. I want you to stop worrying about your follower account right now. Stop worrying about it. Cause I've grown a $300,000 business with less than 2000 people on Instagram. Yeah. I want you to stop worrying about, yeah, stop worrying about growing it. Start worrying about connecting with those people on that list connect with the people on your list, because I'm telling you, when you start to speak directly to the people you have right in front of you, amazing things happen. Your audience will grow. 
it word will spread. They'll tell their friends, they'll tell their family, your audience is going to grow, but it's okay. If it grows small, the number next to your Instagram name. And they're rolling out all the new features, yes. regardless of how many people have. And if you think about it, let's be honest, let's throw a bigger wrench. How many of you take a look at your biz, uh, Instagram business accounts? How many are other vendors that are following you? Come on. Yeah. Yes. 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 I think people are so obsessed with that number, Bobby. And I'm telling you, think about how many weddings you need to fill your calendar. How many weddings would you need, right? Maybe 35 weddings can focus on connecting with those 35 people go deep in the connections rather than wide in the follower count. That's my advice there. So focus on growing those roots, getting those connections, and then the word will spread. Your community will grow. So that's my take on that and how I've, I've grown my leads. So we'll, I'll, I'll quickly touch on this because I definitely think this is something worth, worth mentioning. So I focus on creating those connections and how I do that is I show up on my feed. I form relationships. Like we mentioned, I tell stories, right? I introduce my family and my hobbies, things other than what you sell. I create those connections and I talk about my value. So those are like my, things that I push. Then what I do is I do use a little bit of Facebook advertising, very little. I boost my posts for one to $2 a day, very little. And the only reason I do this, and I do engaged people, you know, 30 miles from where I am. So I target that and I will boost any post. I will boost a picture of my dog, right? Because the point of boosting my post is not to gain bookings. It's not to get sales. It's to warm up the lead to get people seeing my stuff. Then step three for that is I show up to a bridal show. So I get to it the show after I've created those connections. I get it in front of people with the Facebook ads. Then I show up to the show and people walking by my booth will be like, Oh, I've seen her. Yes. I've heard of her. I saw her on Facebook. I got to go check this out. The lead is already warm. So that's how I generate leads. I create connections. I get it in front of people. And then I get right in front of them when they're ready to buy. And that's the point. And you're hundred percent right. I need you, you know, come back to me. I've been around for four decades, people. I've been told not to say 40 anymore. The trendy thing is to say four decades. So take a note of that. I've been around for four decades. And and in that four decades, four people have come back to me for their second wedding. One's come back to me for their third. Yeah. I think I did a pretty good job of connecting. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, really, seriously. But that's yeah. but that's the key. And, and and that's the trick. And and I and I just think sometimes that. We as wedding industry people, we put such a price tag on what others think about us in this industry. And mm-hmm. the others, unless you're a coach or you're selling a course and we're not even going to go into that, they're not buying your services from you. They're not yep. even referring you for anybody for them to do their work for. And let alone do they probably come to you for a family member to do their wedding with. And, it, and I've been blessed in my career to do several people's that are in the industry, be the photographer, be the storyteller. And that comes with, you know, no discounts, no anything. You hire me because I'm the right person for the job for your for your child or daughter or granddaughter. But we rarely, rarely get the opportunity to be in front of somebody to play such a small role in somebody's chapter that we want to spend so much time knowing that everybody else knows we did that. Hmm. Let our work be our noise. The fact that you're busy the fact that you can say I'm booked for 2022 and that I'm getting 2023 inquiries, you're doing something right. 
don't buy or pay. And in Lindsay's situation, she might be able to do 45 weddings. If you're a wedding photographer, you're not doing 45 weddings, right? So think about this. And I want, I hope you listeners heard that. This is somebody who has scaled their business, who has money in the bank, but isn't stopping there. Is continuing to grow their business, continues to want to serve clients by offering her beautiful creations, and then wants to take it a step further and teach others how to continue to serve and make a profit, but by putting people first. I think that is that is just, I think that that gets lost on a lot of listeners, and I, and I hope you all hear that. People come on this show, and you know, I'm all about the uh, the being the hero in the story, right? And and just do the right thing so that people speak good of you because you gave in and because you compromised, not because you were swindled or you were yelled at for not doing something. You just do it because it's the right reason to do it and treat people right. That's what we have to do. So I love that. Yeah, 100%, Bobby. We're like you said, we're cut from the same cloth. I like I'm just shaking my head here. Everything you said, 100% agree. And I think we do it to serve people. We do it to take care of our couples. But like we were saying, as a business perspective, I always say that above and beyond customer service is kind of like self-promotion, but done with grace. Like it it is, it's a form of self-promotion, a form of advertising. I don't spend a lot of money advertising. I do those booths to kind of warm up the lead to get people to know, get to know us, but we're not on paid advertising sites. None of that. I have a line item in my budget that's literally called love up on customers. And it's just a serve. It's just to serve people. It's just to help people out if they need an extra thing, or we got to do a couple reprints. Like it's all in my budget, but I a hundred percent agree. Well, before I let you go and, and we go into a little bit of how people reach you, I, I really do want to ask you, where do you see yourself in the next two years? What's the plan for Lindsay, business and personal? What do you got planned? Yeah, so I... I'm having so much fun growing this education business. So much fun. So that's what I want to focus on. I'm scaling back a little bit on the stationary just because I never want to stretch myself too thin. I think I'll always have my hand in it because I love it. And I want to be able to teach from a place that I know. So I'm scaling back there and I'm kind of ramping up this education. Um, I started the podcast, which I'm really excited about. So I just want to see where this takes us as far as the education side. So that's what I, where I think we're headed. We're kind of transitioning a little bit more towards the education and I'm having so much fun with it. Well, again, it's the niche, right? You started your stationary business because, okay, I want to do this. I love this. I'm good at this. I love weddings. And so now here's another way to continue that on. So yeah. on that note, everybody, Tina will put everything in the show notes, how to reach her. She's got some amazing resources that we're going to connect you with. But, but tell, tell anybody else why they should contact you if they're searching and they just need that perk, you know, and you're, and you know that you're that person that could help them. You've listened to us. You've listened to our conversation. You hear her enthusiasm. If you're listening and you're thinking, you know what, I think Lindsay has what I'm looking for. Let everybody know how and why they should reach out to you so they can be on this journey at the beginning with you. I mean, how cool is that to say, I walked with Lindsay on this path. And I'm one of the people that benefited from her sharing and look at what she offered you. Think about how privileged you'll be to do that, my friends. So Lindsay, let us know. Bobby for those words. So I really think anybody who I have students in 
every level of business, people who are just starting out, people who are at that point where they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed and we're trying to help them scale, people who maybe found themselves a, you know, a little bit thrown off their game during the pandemic. So if you find yourself anywhere there, just reach out. Um, I, you know, I have, I have a course, which we can talk about too. I'll send, I'll give you a link to that, but I also do one-on-one coaching or just send me a message, right? Like I was telling Bobby, I'm super open. I love doing this. Um, and I just want to connect. I want to chat with everybody. So reach out if any of those sounds like you. Um, and you can find me. My website is lindsayjwilliams.com. All of my freebies are on there on my site. So I have a ton of free resources for wedding professionals. I have guides, I have templates. So if you go to lindsayjwilliams.com slash freebies, all of that is there. Um, I also have a specific freebie exactly what we talked about today, how to scale your business as a solopreneur. So head to lindsayjwilliams.com slash scale for that one specifically. Um, and then of course you can find me on Facebook, Lindsay J. Williams on Instagram, Miss Lindsay J. Williams. We have a Facebook group called build and scale your wedding business. So come on over and find that all are welcome. And then my podcast, build that business, which I'm hoping Bobby that you'll join on the podcast. I would have so much fun if you would come on our show. Shane, you know, you know, I will. I mean, I absolutely love to. And, I, and I, I want you all to hear what being purposeful, what being intention, look at the doors that have opened for Lindsay. Now, she may have put that out there in the universe and she may have had those intentions. She may have looked in the mirror and said, I will do this, but I'm going to serve others doing this. And when she was ready, you've heard her. We're scaling back a little bit because these doors are opening. When you come from a place of intention and you come from a place of service and you truly put people over profits, you will have these doors opening for you. Look at all the opportunities you are able to work and soak in Lindsay. Make sure you're following that podcast. Again, everything will be build that business, get there, put that in your earbuds. We'll link to everything that she's talking about here. I know we're going to come back and do something again. I already know that we're going to work and collaborate on something. I've already got a few things in the works looking for dates for 2022. Lindsay doesn't even know this, but I, I knew that there was something that we could share together. If we can find something on the East coast to do it on. And if she's going to be back in the podcast, cause I think we have another, some other areas we can really dive into and talk about, but I wanted on this episode to give you many doors, many windows of Lindsay. I wanted you to be able to see who this person is behind this name, behind this brand. And not because she went from $30,000 or she went from $3 or she went from nothing to $300,000 to $400,000 and beyond. Not because of that, but because of her purpose and her intent to serve and keep people first. I can't thank you enough, Lindsay, for being here. I know our listeners are going to enjoy this high energy, is, which is always something I will always cheer for. I'm that person as well, because when we show up authentically ourselves, you never know who we have the opportunity to change and give hope to. You never know who might need to hear you and I laugh and share today and give them the can-do attitude that they need to have. And we also gave them permission, in case you all missed it, to fall down and fail, because we're your cheerleaders. Can I get an amen on that, Lindsay? 
Amen, Bobby. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here for this show, for all you've done for the industry. I just can't thank you enough. Thank you. All right. With that, everybody, because we are mindful of our time, we're close right at just a little bit over an hour. So thank you, Lindsay. Make sure you guys listen in when this drops. Make sure you follow Lindsay. We're going to keep in touch. You'll see us doing some more things together. Thank you so much. Make sure you put in that build that biz podcast. And when I'm over there, we'll let you know as well. Everybody remember what you do matters. You are each fabulous in your own way and you are the secret sauce. Listeners, I appreciate and applaud you for the time. Grace and gratitude, my friends. Go out, have an amazing week. Thank you, Lindsay. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye. For more information about today's show, check out the show notes on the BeFabo blog at bobbybrinkman.com. Along with some offers for our listeners, you'll also find information about how to work with Bobby as a coach, a speaker, or for workshops. She'd love to collaborate with you. Oh, and don't forget, subscribe to the podcast to keep motivation coming to your earbuds. Be fabo.